0: Hello, everyone. Dr. Lara May here with Light Body Healing and Consulting and the podcast Light Body Radio. Today, I wanted to bring you a special little message about insulin resistance. In my personal opinion, insulin resistance and diabetes uh, is one of the most poorly managed conditions that Western medicine addresses. And I'm going to also go out on a limb. And state my opinion here and say that Western medicine and big food and big pharma are actually the cause of so much insulin resistance and di- type two diabetes, uh, just running rampant through the United States at this time in history. So, um, why why would you why would I say that? Well, right now, the numbers of type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance are really astronomical. It is estimated that 34% of our population either has pre-diabetes or full-blown type 2 diabetes. And these are CDC numbers, so I'm not just pulling these out of my rear end. And up to 70% of overweight and obese people most likely have some form of insulin resistance. Type 2 diabetes is the seventh leading cause of death in the United States. Throughout COVID, one of the patient populations that was at the highest risk of death and or having a hospitalization or prolonged illness were those with type 2 diabetes and obesity. So this is something that is completely preventable. And if you do the right things and make the right choices, also reversible without medication. So you don't necessarily need medication to reverse insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes. And this has become my mission since COVID and seeing so many people needlessly hospitalized, died from COVID, uh, and just given information. And unfortunately, this happens day in and day out of by the ADA, the American um, Dietetic Association, by our federal government, by their food guidelines, by big food and big pharma. So I want to bring you actual, actionable tools, steps to help you make those correct and right decisions for yourself that will help you be on the healing path, the path of reversal, the path of feeling energized and happy and motivated and being active within your own healthcare choices. That's one of my other big beefs with Western medicine and how it's evolved is that we really take the power out of the patient's hands and we put physicians and practitioners up on this pedestal. And, you know, we say, well, your doctor knows best. Well, really, actually, it's the patient that knows best if they're given the correct information. If they are actually given true informed consent on all the possibilities and all the options for their health, then the patient can make an informed decision and choose what's best for them. So, That's all I'll say about that soapbox for now. (laughs) But first, let's talk about, so I want to start talking about like why, what is insulin, what's the role in the body, and then, you know, how can we stop the path of insulin resistance? Let's just start there. Let's not even go into full-blown type 2 diabetes. Today, I just want to focus on insulin resistance. So insulin resistance is a condition that affects our body's ability to use insulin effectively. And... What does that even mean? So insulin is an important hormone that regulates several processes in the body. It's known as a storage hormone. So when you eat a meal that has carbohydrates of any kind, it doesn't matter if they're simple or complex, if they're good or bad carbs, any of these labels, if you eat a carb, it will be broken down into glucose, which is the food that your body uses, the fuel that your body uses for energy. And either it'll get used and utilized for energy in the body straight away, or it'll get stored. Insulin comes along and helps store that glucose into the form of glycogen, in which is stored in our muscles and our liver. And then if we have an overflow, then it gets stored as fat. So this is one of the reasons that if you are a type 2 diabetic or even a type 1 diabetic and your insulin Ah, uh, dependent, which means you have to have insulin every day to manage your blood glucose. That you've noticed, you probably noticed that you've gained weight because insulin is that storage hormone in the body. So um, that's one of the most important things to know about the function of insulin. Insulin is secreted from the pancreas. So one of the other things that um, is often missed in our search for diagnoses across different disease states, depending on how you present, uh, pancreatic cancer is often mistaked for insulin resistance or the development of type 2 diabetes. A lot of patients that that develop pancreatic cancer will be diagnosed with diabetes because the pancreas is where the insulin is coming from. And so if the pancreas is starting to struggle and it has an end as you know, Uh, what we would maybe call like early development or even stage one, it's going to start altering how that pancreas is able to function and what it's um, able to do for you and the other organ systems around it. So remember that none of this is happening in a vacuum and within the realm of functional medicine, we look at the whole body. It's a systems-based approach. And so, yes, we look at your pancreas and we look at your liver and and, you know, how much energy are you burning versus storing? But we also will look at the, um, the organ systems all around it. And there are also, you know, there are distinct pillars of functional medicine, too, that um, since I'm on the subject now, I'll just bring up the five pillars are sleep, nutrition, exercise, stress management, strong relationships, and emotional health. So those are the five pillars that if you go seek out a functional medicine practitioner, they should be talking to you about each of these things in the context of they all need to be addressed and balanced out and optimized in order for us to get your body balanced out and optimized. So, okay. So again, I've mentioned before, anytime you eat carbs, let me say that again, any carb, All carbs break down to glucose. It doesn't matter if it's a simple carb or a complex carb. What's a simple carb? A simple carb is just straight up sugar. So most fruits have fructose, the fruit sugar in them. And while lots of fruits have antioxidants and vitamins and minerals in them, and that's good, the downfall for fruits, especially for those that have insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes, is the sugar content. Because there's nothing to stop that sugar when you ingest it from spiking your blood glucose. So oftentimes what I recommend for my clients, my patients that obviously still want to enjoy fruit and I want people out there to enjoy fruit, I am not one of these practitioners that, you know, wants to take all the fun out of life, is pair that fruit with a fat or protein source. Because When you introduce multiple macronutrients at once, your body prioritizes which ones it digests first and how fast and how it sort of divvies up all those micronutrients or macronutrients in your body uh, in order to, again, optimize how your body is functioning. So if you lead a super stressed out life, even if you're eating healthy, you're maybe let's say you're eating lean protein a decent amount of healthy fat, but you're also heavy on the carbs, that can actually drive that, those stress hormones and that stress response in the body can actually drive your blood glucose up because when we're stressed, we have these, this flare, this um, constant pumping out of epinephrine, norepinephrine, the stress hormones and cortisol and so all of this they're all it's all connected and so that's one of the reasons why we look at those five pillars because we need to address the stress bring the stress response down allow the body to rest and digest and this is also one of the reasons that we promote and talk about intermittent fasting rest and digest allows your body to assimilate what you've eaten use what it needs, stores what it doesn't at the time, utilize the micro and macronutrients that you've just ingested and really help regulating that blood sugar. So instead of getting a high spike and then a crash, excuse me, switch if, you know, some people will have that food coma after they eat, especially a really heavy high carb meal, so pizza, pasta, A Thanksgiving dinner for example you go into food coma that's usually a sign that you've had a huge spike in your blood glucose and now it is bottomed it's dropped and that's because your body has pumped out so much insulin that it's taken up all that blood glucose which is good it has to it needs to but then now it's sort of bottomed it out a little bit too low and you're just very lethargic so all of this contributes to the resistance. So what's the opposite of insulin resistance is metabolic um, stability, but also metabolic flexibility. So I was talking about this with one of my clients even yesterday. She had been on keto for a long time. She had been very diligent, but she's starting to notice some insulin resistance symptoms with her body and throughout her day. And Depending on what she eats, um, she started even testing her blood glucose because she started to feel different when she would reintroduce carbs after being on keto. And keto is famously challenging for women because of our hormones and our fluctuation uh, in those hormones, especially if we're cycling normally and healthily. It's keto that can actually, again, be stressful on our body. And can actually start shutting some of those natural hormone cycles and responses down if we're on keto too long. So one of the, the ideal balance is metabolic flexibility. We want our body to be primarily fat burning, right? But we also want it to know what to do with the carbohydrate when we introduce it. So like in her instance, she would have, you know, either like one piece of bread, which, I'll have a whole nother episode on why grains are unnecessary for the human diet in general, but <laughs> um, so or like a piece of fruit, and her blood glucose would go through the roof, and she knows this because she was testing, so she could see that that one to one correlation. And her question is, well, why? I've been on keto. Well, it could be that your body has gotten so used to that low carb style of eating that it has. Become less metabolically flexible, so your pancreas is going to shoot out the insulin to to grab that extra glucose that's being introduced. But it, um, instead of just you know giving a little bit out at a time and um, having a more regulated blood sugar level, so um, that's sort of an illustration of of insulin resistance versus um, insulin sensitivity so insulin sensitivity would be um, low insulin resistance so what are the main causes of insulin resistance obviously insulin resistance is more common among those that are overweight or obese, but anyone can develop insulin resistance. This is not just an, an obesity problem. In fact, I would say that most of the clients I work with are not obese. They might be a little overweight, but they do not qualify on the BMI scale as obese, and yet they're still having problems regulating their insulin levels. Why is that? So uh, the main reason could be excess fructose consumption. Again, fructose is the form of sugar that's found in fruit, but that's not the only place, unfortunately, that it's coming from these days. I'm sure most of you have heard of high fructose corn syrup. So that is a huge one and a big one. And it's become so well known that the food companies have even renamed it because they know how bad it is. It's got a bad rap, which is the truth. Uh, but they still want to be able to put it in our foods and sell things to us that they know are bad and they know are causing insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. So just keep that in mind, too, when because I'm going to have another episode later about uh, the impact of big food and big pharma on insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes specifically. So excess added sugar. Added sugar can come in the form of many names, high fructose corn syrup, corn syrup, maltodextrin, glucose, fructose, um, so many things. I can even, I'll put a link uh, because I have a whole list of all the different names of how they hide sugar in your food. Also, chronic inflammation, oxidative stress can also lead to insulin resistance. Again, because of that hormone pathway between epi, norepi, cortisol, driving that stress response. When we're in fight or flight, what are we going to do? If we're going to fight and or fight, we're going to need, you know, energy available to our muscles to run and or fight, right? So our body will want to release glucose from glycogen in order to make that energy available well that's also going to stimulate insulin to be released so that it keeps a balance our body is constantly staying trying to stay trying to stay in a state of homeostasis balance so if you think about that when your body is being triggered to release glucose to fight or flight and then the direct response is release more insulin to grab that glucose because we don't want too much floating around through the body then it's this vicious cycle that causes inflammation, it causes insulin resistance, and decreased insulin sensitivity. Inactivity is another reason or another possible cause of insulin resistance, and also issues with our gut, our microbiome. Uh, That's uh, one of the root causes of many, many inflammation states of disease states, many things start in the gut. It is no coincidence that our gut is literally within the core, the center of our body. And uh, many problems branch out from there. So what what do we do about it? Well, I want to always leave you with tools I want, I'm bringing this to you because I want you guys to understand the importance and the impact of what we put in our bodies every day. Also, how it translates to how we feel every day, our energy levels, our aches and pains. We have less aches and pains if we have, if we're in less inflammation state. So, uh, you know, how can we reduce insulin resistance? One great way is exercising. And I don't need you to go out there and start blowing it out in the gym and hurting yourself. But physical activity, especially a walk immediately after you eat, is a great way to help your metabolic flexibility when you start moving your muscles and your muscles start needing more glucose to to do its contractions to keep you actually moving and walking you will use that energy that you just ate instead of storing it so exercising exercise every day move every day in some way shape or form it can be a walk it can be a hike it can be a run a swim anything even if you have you know a very busy you know work job career where you're moving every day uh, that's good so it doesn't have to be again like gym time grinding about time it can be if you want but it doesn't have to be so what other ways can we help reduce insulin resistance trying to stay trim and um and as much as we can really watching how our body is if it's accumulating fat where is it around our body if we're starting to see a lot of central fat around our abdomen that is a sign that we're um having insulin resistance and we're putting stress on the heart so those are two things to keep in mind um central abdominal fat has been linked to uh, many disease states. So we want to definitely um, keep that under control. Keep it at bay. Going back to the exercise is one way to do that. If you smoke cigarettes, please stop. There's so many, so many health detriments that come from smoking cigarettes. Insulin resistance as one is one of them. There are lots of tools out there to help you quit smoking cigarettes. Uh, Reduce your sugar intake. Again, I would eliminate anything that you eat that has added sugar. Start there. Anything that you eat that has artificial sweeteners and artificial flavors would be the next step. And I'm gonna do a whole nother episode on why artificial sweeteners are so bad for us. And they will actually trick our metabolism and they trick our brains. And so even if you only drink Diet Coke, you might see yourself still gaining weight and still having inflammatory problems because of the artificial sweetener in the Diet Coke. So um, anyway, so try to eliminate those. Um, Eat as nutritiously dense as possible. Eat whole, unprocessed foods, plenty of nuts, plenty of fatty fish, plenty of good sourced meats. If you're a meat eater, be cognizant of where your meat is coming from. If you're eating beef and those beef, the cows are factory farmed, then you're eating their stress hormones. So keep that in mind that it is, it's important to know where your animals come from, how they were raised and how they were processed to bring them to market. Um, these are important things to know if you're going to be a meat eater. I'm a meat eater, uh, but I'm very picky about where my meat comes from. Make sure you're consuming lots of omega-3 fatty acids. They're very anti-inflammatory, and they will help reduce inflammation and uh, bring your insulin resistance down. They can also actually lower your triglyceride levels if you have high triglycerides. There are some supplements out there. Um, I won't go into those today. We, I can do a whole nother episode on supplements. Make sure you're getting quality sleep. Quality sleep, again, rest and digest. That is a um, a core tenet of health, of creating your own health. And uh, rebalancing your health. Sleep is where our body recovers. And so we need to make sure we're getting quality and quantity of adequate sleep. Again, stress management. Are you constantly in fight or flight? Are you, you know, like saying to yourself, I'm anxious, I'm stressed, I'm nervous, um, any of those things? If that's the case, talk to someone find a, a practitioner a coach a therapist a support group um, a yoga class a breath work class anything to help you mitigate that stress it's normal for us to go through stressful things and times it's not normal for us to be at this stress level all the time and so just like we need to be metabolically flexible we need to be you know um resilience in ways that we can handle stress so that we can respond, but then bring ourselves back to a nice, calm, even keel baseline. And then the other thing, the last thing I'll mention is intermittent fasting. So, you know, for a long time, Western medicine and um, dietetics would tell us, oh, you need to eat every three hours uh, because that'll keep your metabolism up. The only thing eating every three hours does is keep your glucose up. Think about it. Again, no matter what you're eating, it probably has some form of carb. Every time you eat a carb, it raises your insulin levels. If you're going to eat every three hours, you're keeping your blood glucose up. You're contributing to your insulin resistance. And if you have diabetes, that too. If you cannot go three hours without having a blood sugar bottom, and you're on diabetic meds, your diabetic meds need to be readjusted by your practitioner. Even on diabetic meds, you should be able to go and on average, six hours without eating. So I want you to think about that. Any of you out there that have type 2 diabetes and are on medication and or insulin. So because there's, you know, there's optimization even within that realm and optimization that if you're making changes, then you should be seeing your medications being reduced and or taken off. So let's say you are someone with type 2 diabetes that is on insulin and you start making dietary changes. You start intermittent fasting. You start eating a little more low carb And you might notice that, you know, your blood sugar is dropping, which is natural because you're not providing your body with as much sugar, but you're still taking your medication. And so ideally, your practitioner should be congratulating you and decreasing your insulin, decreasing your medication along the way as you improve. If you have a practitioner that says you need to eat more carbs, I would start looking for another practitioner because they're not trying to help you heal your insulin resistance or your type two diabetes. They're contributing to either where you're staying where you are or you're getting worse. And we all know that type two diabetes is a waiting game of just getting worse and worse and worse and more complications and having, you know, honestly, a not very fun time getting older. I see it every day in the hospital, people coming in having toes amputated, Kidney failure, going blind, neuropathy, tingling in their hands and feet, all of these things that are a result of uncontrolled type 2 diabetes that starts with insulin resistance. That's why I am passionate about this. It is preventable, it's reversible. I want you guys to be able to do this for yourself. Find a practitioner that will support you through this journey. It is possible. Again, I'm Dr. Lara May. My website is drlaramay.com. If you like what I have to say and you're curious and if I can help you reverse your type 2 diabetes or your insulin resistance before it even gets to that point, please reach out to me. You can go to drlaramay.com forward slash contact and fill out that little form, make an appointment for a quick 15 20 minute discovery call with me get on my calendar it's free you don't have anything to lose I love to you know help as many people as possible take control of their health reverse their insulin resistance reverse their type 2 diabetes and you know really give yourself a new lease on life All right, so I'm really looking forward to these new episodes that I'm doing on my podcast. My plan is to be every other week with something short from me that um, I think you guys need to know, my listeners need to know, that would be super impactful and to also just let you hear more from me. Um, I love doing the interview platform. But again, I wanted to get back from you guys being able to learn and hear from me specifically as your virtual functional medicine practitioner. So um, go to drlaramay.com, check everything out, drop me a message, sign up for a free discovery call. And also, you know, let me know what you want to hear more about. I have a whole list of topics that I'm already super excited about to bring you. But I also want to know what you guys want to know about. So um, drop me a line in the comments or wherever you listen to these podcasts. And let me know what you want to hear about and what you want to learn more about. And I'm happy to oblige. I'll catch you on the next episode.